And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Green Wave podcast, where today we're getting into spring sports and we're going to talk baseball with varsity head coach Dustin Freeze, who joins us here today as you know, his team has been on the outside looking in as pretty much have all spring sports teams so far at this uh, juncture in the game. So, Dustin, I'm sure you're tired of the gym and you're ready to get outside and get after it. But for now, uh, you continue to work with your guys. So thanks for joining us here today, and we're looking forward to uh, getting the breakdown on your Green Wave baseball team. Great. Thanks for having me. For sure. So obviously, you know, you and I were chatting about the weather uh, leading into this, and, you know, you obviously can't control that, and it's part of being in Minnesota. But, you know, as we speak, as we record this podcast, there's still a little light uh, drizzling of snow on the ground that's frozen Field's still wet, so obviously you're at least a week away from games starting into early May now as we speak, and you know that really condenses the schedule. So you've got a, a, a you know you've got kids that are almost like caged, right? They can't wait to get out mm-hmm. to play. I suppose they're dying for a baseball game in a real environment. Yeah, you know we we keep preaching that in our practices, and and we've been in the gym majority of of the spring, you know, getting ready for our season to open, which should have happened a couple weeks ago. And uh, I think we've been outside three or four times to have practices outside and only two of those on actual baseball fields. So it's been, uh, it's a unique challenge. It's not one, it's one that we're unfortunately familiar with, you know, being a Northern school, but this year it's been more of a challenge. And I think in years past, I've been doing, you know, this high school level for a long time between uh, North Dakota and Minnesota. And, um, you know, we're challenged with it, but, but this year has probably been, more of a challenge but I'll, I'll tell you what our, our kids have been have been great we've had you know great practices in the gym um attitudes are good They're, they are gearing and ready and wanting to get outside for some competition so we welcome that and hopefully next week is is the week that we have the opportunity to get out and, and get into some competition so how's the throwing going for you guys in the gym you know i've always kind of carried a theory of you know, when you're out of the field, there's a lot more open space, right? And you're not as confined. And, and it, you know, if, if, you're, if you're working to a relay or something like that and things are rushed, it's a little trickier than when you're in a gym because it's kind of confined. Sure, you can get the same distance, but it's not as open. I, I don't know if, I, yeah. if I'm speaking in an odd tongue here or not, but I think that's kind of the challenge going from inside to outside in an example of that. Well, that's a huge challenge. I mean just getting into strengthening arms and playing long toss is something you can't do in a gym, you know? And so we've tried to keep our guys on a weight room rotation a couple days a week where they're, they're maintaining strength and doing, you know, a lot of arm care type exercises. Um, the one thing that, you know, getting into a condensed schedule here in the month of May is going to challenge your pitching staff. Cause there's going to be days that we're playing, you know, six, seven games in a week, potentially, as we condense this schedule. And so we've been really religious about keeping our bullpen sessions on track every third day where our pitchers are, are there. And, and that's been, you know, that's been good for us. It's, it's allowed us to stay on that schedule and really work with our pitchers. So by the time we, we do get outside, you know, they know that they're going to be called upon often and everybody that pitches is going to pitch. And, and so that's been a, a huge focus has been those bullpen sessions. You know, as you talk about defensively, yeah, it's hard to, simulate the, the 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 game in a gym just because it's not big enough you know yeah, what i mean and so yeah, everything's exactly. condensed and smaller and uh that's gonna be you know and that was one area last year that you know i've been talking to our kids a lot about has been about 
the pitching and the defense because that's where we we struggled a little last year was the amount of errors that we made and it's been a focus of us this year and putting out our strongest defensive team when we do get the chance to open up here well last year's team you obviously had four seniors uh, as you mentioned four again this year a sophomore laden team last year that are now juniors and you know you you and everybody's going to have errors. This is going to happen, right? But when you start giving away runs, it gets really in outs, really difficult on pitchers to uh, to continue to roll. And, you know, you might not have a choice with some of these guys because you might be playing double dips. So if you're in Dilworth or yeah. somewhere like that, you could be playing two, you know. So you, yeah. you might not have many options that day and say, hey, buddy, you're just going to have to muscle through this. So it's incumbent upon the group, right, defensively, get us off the field so we can get ripping, right? Yeah, that, that is so true. And, I mean, even more so with, with pitch counts. And when you look at, you know, pitch counts at the varsity level, and yep. if, you want a guy to, if you want a guy to come back on two days rest and you're looking at 75 pitch limits to do that, to get through this tight schedule, I mean, yes, you have to be very efficient. And part of that efficiency is not only on the pitcher because we talk to our pitchers about pitching to contact. Like, we want ground ball outs, you know what I mean? And so we, we try to pitch that contact, stay down in the zone, and that then we rely on our infielders to make plays outfielders to make routine plays like those things have to happen to help out your pitching staff and and as i talk about you know a strong defensive team that's what we're gearing towards we want we need to make routine plays we need to limit you know those extra pitches that come with air plays so that is that has been the message in the gym early on you know and and the guys that really stepped up to that defensively as as much as we can do in a gym um, you know, they get that message, uh, and, and, um, we have competitions at practice every day Fun. because of that, you know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah, yeah. and, and we, we try to make the best of it. Like you, like you said, in a gym, because you know what, <laughs> the coaching staff was joking the other day. It's like, you know, when we get outside, our last practice might be in the gym because we're going to be playing every day. Well, your practices and, are going to be pregame and maybe some postgame running. Right. And that's yep, it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, though, because it challenges you as a staff to uh, come up with creative things. And, you know, the, the, you know, rewind a bit when you mentioned pitching to contact. I think that's so interesting because so often when we watch our highlight shows, whether it's on MLB uh, Network or ESPN or whatever it is, you know, we're seeing and the whiff and the whiff and the whiff, you know, and the blow away pitching. And, and the, those are the highlights that I think young pitchers, young kids see. That's the, what they think they should be doing. But instead of thinking of, I have to get this guy out, I'm going to pop him up, we're going to ground him out, roll his wrist, whatever it is, it takes a lot of um, maturity, right, for a pitcher to understand it goes beyond that highlight reel they keep seeing when they go home to watch uh, Sports Center, right? I mean, so, mm-hmm. you know, you, you alluded to the fact you feel like they're uh, getting that on, a, on a, a, a graded scale. I mean, do, do you feel like they've got a good handle on that as a group? I mean, I think they're grasping it. We we know we don't have anybody that's going to go out there and blow the doors off, you know, the opposing hitter. And, and they, they know that. So really, as we talk about pitching into counts, like what, how are we setting up those out pitches and what is an out pitch for us? Yeah. And if we, you know, we, we, we really preach location in the gym and, you know, as, as a coaching staff, we got, we got, a, we got some young catchers because our, our returning catcher from last year is moving over to first base. Um, and we're going to bring in a sophomore, catcher and potentially we have we have a freshman who's pushing for some playing time even at the varsity level so we're going to be young behind the dish which is which is concerning to a coach you know but we got kids that are smart and are coachable and they're doing everything that we ask and part of that as a coach as we're in you know in the gym it's a great time for us 
to teach a, a young kid how to call a game and and the fact that they're in control and, and when they should be calling pitches, where they should be locating them. So when the chance, when they get outside, you know, a lot of that has been ingrained in them so they can go out there and call a game. And yes, as coaches from a dugout, we're still helping to call pitches with them because we do have a, a, a young, you know, that young behind the plate and, and they are learning, but they have a lot of experience. They've played at younger levels. It's just going to be a new level of competition. They're going to have to adjust to, but either way, calling, calling a game as a catcher and controlling that game, is something that you know they've always done but they're learning the nuances now of how to do it more effectively and maybe differently as we talk about pitching to contact well there's a reason you move that catcher down to first base i'm sure and i think in many instances that's a position where oftentimes i think it goes overlooked where some people will put a certain type of player there just because it's stereotyped you know uh i i went from catcher to first base myself not a huge guy right um, mm-hmm. but the reality was my coach said, uh, wags and putting you down there because if a guy's going to miss high, he's going to miss high. No one's getting it. We need you to get stuff knees down. You got to get all of it. And, um, I think that is one of the most underrated positions on the diamond. Uh, as far as if you have a first baseman who can control the game there, it's so important and does, does not allow pickoff attempts to roll up the right field line or skip through, can, can pull balls, balls out of the dirt, stay on the bag, no one to leave the bag, sweep tag, all of that stuff. I mean, there's probably a reason why you put them down there, I'm guessing. When you ask your other infielders, like, who's your best friend on the infield? They all know who it is. You know, it's their first baseman because yeah. he's the guy that's over there saving them, you know, and saving throws. And, and we need a leader in the infield. Um, because again, we're, we're young. Our, our infield will be, will be young. Um, and, and we need a, we need a leader. And, and I, I have juniors out of that. I have juniors that can lead, um, as well with, with alongside our seniors, but we got, and they gained a lot of experience last year. You talked about at the start that, you know, I think we started at times five sophomores last year. And now as they jump up into this, into this role as a junior, as an upperclassman, you know, we, we need, that strong leader in the infield and um you know moving moving a guy over to first base we just feel like we got some more skills that he can he can um, provide to us over there and um need somebody to help lead these young guys you know in in that infield so yeah dustin how do you feel the kids that have gone from the sophomore year to the senior year have you noticed a progression in strength and size at all you know how you can kind of see that but when it's a larger group sometimes when you come back it's like whoa look at these guys did you experience that with this group yeah we've i've experienced that with uh with the sophomore class i mean a lot of them are a lot stronger this year and it it shows early on that's why you know i'm excited to get them on on the diamond and 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 really see what they're going to be able to do this year but we've seen a lot of strength. We've had a couple of guys who put in a lot of work in the off season over the winter, just with throwing programs to get themselves ready for the spring, which, you know, you just, you can't say enough about it's that strength factor. We know it as a school and, and it's something that all coaches across the high school um, from our athletic director down, we know that our boys need to spend more time in the weight room for all of our sports. It's something we just need to get bigger and stronger across the board. And, um, you know, it's an emphasis. And that's why we, we try to have our guys up in the weight room a couple times a week right now while we're inside. Let's take advantage of it. Let's continue our off-season strength, you know, until we can really get outside. Because when we get outside, those times in the gym or in the weight room are going to be are going to be limited because we're going to be playing so much. So everybody's in the same boat that you are obviously right now. And, and that's 
unfortunately fortunate that y'all at least are, you know, pretty much in the same situation waiting to play games. When you get out there, when you look at where this team is, and you sort of alluded to it earlier, I'm sure you're expecting bigger things from this year's group from last year, but uh, do, do you feel at this stage of the season from where they're at that you will see some progress from this group that you're excited about? Yeah. I mean, when I looked at, you know, comparing where we were last year at, at this time, I, I am excited. Like I said, our our practices have been good. We got guys that are coachable, that are listening, I, and that are really eager to get outside. And so I do. I expect us – we're going to be better than we were last year. Um, you know, we, we competed in a lot of close games last year. We just didn't win them. We, didn't, we couldn't get over that hump and necessarily, you know, get the big hit when we needed it. You know, another area that we've really been talking a lot about is about base running and the pressure that you can put on a team and put on a defense on the base paths. And we're going to have more speed on the bases this year. And we really look to have guys be aggressive to put that pressure on to get on base. You know, we talk about two strikes. What, you know, what's your approach at the plate when you have one strike, when you have two strikes and putting more balls in play? striking out less to put pressure on defense and force them to make plays because like you said they're all in the same boat we are right yeah who's gonna make a play um and and the more pressure you can put on a defense on a pitcher on a catcher just by running the bases like that that is how you can win close games and so that's something that you know we talk about now to go out and execute it in a game scenario is going to be something that we need to see but i do i expect I expect bigger things from this year will be more experienced than we were last year. And hopefully that gets us to, to win some of these close games. Today's podcast is presented by the Green Wave Sports Boosters. They started in 1974 to help provide financial support through fundraising to all Green Wave high school athletic programs. Uh, they've been able to get a lot of things done and help their student athletes succeed and strive for excellence for 47 years. Money raised goes to great things back into the athletic program. Uh, please consider becoming a member today. Of course, it's Green Wave Sports Boosters who are presenting the Green Wave podcast throughout the season. And uh, one of the things I was thinking about, and you know, I've thought about it many times, but I, you know, I don't think we'll ever do it here in Minnesota. But you know how Iowa has actually uh, inverted what would be like the Legion type season, the summer season, and the high school season, where the high school season actually starts in June. Now, I know everybody's graduated and they want to get out and do their thing, but from a you know winter climate like we have, sometimes it'd be, yeah, it looks kind of attractive, doesn't it? Maybe a thought? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at that, and it is. It can be attractive. I mean, we have a lot of our kids that go from you know the high school season right into Legion Ball. So we have a lot of the carryover yeah. um, that are going from one to the other, you know, and it's – I've always, this is going to be my third year as the head coach at East Grand Forks. My first year was the year of COVID, but it's always been my goal really to look at how we can integrate the two programs and to build just stronger baseball in East Grand Forks as we hand kids off from the high school season onto their summer Legion season. You know, it's, it's all in one, like, you know, as, as we continue to develop them, that's the whole goal of a program is we want to develop our kids, you know, in the youth program all the way up through high school and high school into Legion ball. And so you look at what Iowa's done, you look at, you know, some things that's happening even to the South of us on the North Dakota side with, you know, I, I grew up in Montana and in Montana, we still don't have high school baseball and it's something where Legion seasons start, you know, the beginning middle of March and, and guys are traveling to these um, warm climates down South to get games in. 
you know, within the high school season here, you know, we're, we're limited to do that to a certain extent. Um, you know, and this year is really probably highlighted more than any. Absolutely. Fine games. Us, us Northern schools, we just don't, we, we don't have it right now. Like everybody's in the same boat and, and uh, it's something that might only happen every five or six years um, that we get this weather like this. Usually we're not you know, this unlucky, but um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. We're at the disadvantage of being a Northern school. And I also think anything that we can do to, you know, improve that to get these kids playing more, because um, this is a sport that obviously I love. It's why we're in this. I'm in this position. But um, you know, the more the kids get the opportunity to play, um, yeah, I'm all for it. The more swings they can take, more ground balls they can gobble up, more uh, throws across the diamond and uh, bullpen sessions they can have. They're always going to be better for it. But nothing can replace yeah. competing in a game situation with the pressures of it and situations which we all know about so uh they're in good hands with you for sure i've really enjoyed this conversation and uh i'll be checking back within uh with you throughout the season i know you're gonna be busy i might interview on a bus ride uh, home or something like that after a big doubleheader win or something like that so uh we can keep everybody t- uh, abreast of uh how your team's doing so uh dustin thanks for joining us here today and uh, taking your time out to talk green wave baseball hey i really enjoyed it Appreciate as, your time too. as did I. Thank you. That's uh, Dustin Freeze, your head coach of the Green Wave. That's going to do it for today's edition of the Green Wave podcast. I'm Pete Wagner. So long, everybody.